Hey, good morning, lovely people of the planet. This morning, it's all about the mysterious mushroom. All of them, all the fungi. Fungi. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Good morning, lovely people of the planet. How's it going out there on this beautiful Thursday morning in springtime? It's supposed to be 39 degrees, but it feels a lot warmer than that. Well, what is temperature to people like us? We are out on a morning ride, enjoying a pedal-powered podcast, thinking about, wondering about, talking about evolving as filmmakers, poets, and human beings, right? And bicyclists, maybe. Actually, today, if you don't mind, do you mind if I run through kind of part of a presentation I'm doing tomorrow on mushrooms? This is a twofer, man. Lots of good information happening today. So, I do some uh, volunteer video and photography work over at Boise Bicycle Project and move bicycles around when they need it. I like to volunteer over there. It's a great organization. Boise Bicycle Project. If you're ever in Boise, check them out. Fantastic organization. I met a dude over there named Charles. Yeah, that's that's like that's the kind of attention he gets in this town. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Passing the what is it? 80 Ada County Highway gravel pit yard, whatever, over here in Garden City. Yeah, we pass all kinds of things commuting, don't we? It's so cool, isn't it? Man, I'm so grateful for you to be here on the ride with me this morning. Let me be a part of your ride. Thanks for showing up, man. Isn't that the hardest part? Just the showing up most of the time. That's the hardest part. I know I've been talking a lot about that recently. Dealing with self-pity. Ah, we got some folks coming up here, so I'm going to be a little distracted. But, so the thing is, my buddy Charles, he makes makes bags for bicycles, like uh, panniers and like handlebar bags and frame bags. Makes them out of waxed cotton, which is super nice, super tough and durable. Now, a lot of people prefer, they think, to have waterproof panniers, but I'm not into that because, hey, good morning on your left here. Yep. Oh, I've got all kinds of folks. Hey, on your left here. Uh-oh. I got some plumber smile going on. I would love to tell you how to remedy that while you're riding a bicycle, but I don't know how. (laughs) Anyway, so Charles makes bags. His company is Thylacine Threadworks. T-H-Y-L-A-C-I-N-E Threadworks. 
based here in Boise. He hand makes all these bags. So I ordered a pair from him of panniers. And they are the best panniers I have ever had. I'm absolutely in love with them. Check the uh, photo that goes along with this podcast on my website if you want to see them in person. I know he's got a website too. I'll put that in the description of the podcast. But really, if you're in the market for panniers, they are awesome. They're very simple. They're roll top, which means that super expandable. Hey, good morning. Which means they're very expandable, very versatile. Like uh, you can run long things through the uh, the curl and lock it down, or you can put a tall thing in it, and you know it, you're not constrained by the height. Uh, and like I said, they're not waterproof, which means that when it rains, they get wet for sure, but they don't become buckets. The waterproof bags, in my experience, they just like become a bucket of water, and you can't ever get the bucket and the water out. That's just my experience. Some people love them. Anyway, these are super simple, roll top. Got nice attachment points for, uh, you can put a strap on them, throw it over your shoulder if you're doing that sort of thing if you're not also carrying a backpack i usually do like lunch or photography gear in my panniers and i mean kind of my daily everything that i carry with me my bike kit tool kit that sort of thing keep that in my backpack but i've been riding with these for about a week now i love them charles great work dude thank you brother and charles has a partner, a girlfriend. She works out at a high school here in town. I think, I, I, I don't know if it's a like art magnet school or if it's a charter school. It's not part of the public school system. It's a private school, I guess. Sorry, folks, I am so out of it with what school does these days. I've been trying to follow what Betty DeVos says, but can't make any sense of it. Oh, God. This does not need to get political, does it? I'm so sorry. I just feel sorry for her. She's struggling, and I don't think anyone's really willing to help, which is too bad. Because she needs help. <laughs> oh, nice little wall ride. These panniers actually uh, mount to my rack. I don't worry about them falling off and on the wall ride, which is super cool. Go off bumps, I'm not worried about them. They've got this little cam lock on them. Anyway, Charles, man, I'm so impressed. So he has a girlfriend that she teaches out at this special high school, and they're doing a horticulture section. And uh, evidently, the young people at this high school were talking about growing mushrooms. And she said, I think we know a guy that grows mushrooms. So they invited me to come and talk about mushrooms. And... (laughs) Man, I hope this works out for you guys. Because <laughs> it only works out for me like, you know, two-thirds of the time. Mushrooms are moody little things. This is the part where we're going into the part of the presentation. <laughs> so, maybe you don't know it, but uh, we have three distinct eukaryotic kingdoms on the planet that we know of. And that is animal life. We've got plant life, and we've got fungi. 
fungi, fungi. I don't know how you like to say it. Say it how you like. I think people know what you're talking about. But the fungi kingdom includes mushrooms, which is mycelium. It includes yeast, and it includes mold. So all those folks have scientific commonality. Now, for a long time, everyone thought mushrooms were a plant. And this is what's interesting. I don't know anything about yeast and mold other than mold grows in the shower and you put yeast in wine and beer to make it yummy. <laughs> the Weihen Stefaner beer. We've got this... Uh, uh-oh, it looks like the annual Will It Rise. That was Kristen Stroh. She does a little web series here in, here in uh, Boise. That wasn't the news crew. Looks like they're doing some short film work or maybe some work for their web series. I don't remember what it's called. I'm so sorry. It's kind of fun. Scrappy little startup web series that some folks are doing here in town which I think is awesome. Why not? It's so easy to do. Although, they do it like all pro and it, production value is really great. All right, so back to the mushrooms. So, for a long time, mushrooms were classified as a plant. But then, I don't even know when, actually. But then they realized that, no, they're really not plants at all because plants are classified by how they grow. And that is through photosynthesis, which is, of course, you know, a mixture of sunlight, water, and carbon dioxide. That. Hey, good morning. Mix with some chlorophyll and some of that created the universe magic. So they grow through photosynthesis and carbon dioxide. Well, they found out that mushrooms do not grow through photosynthesis. They actually grow through, they secrete digestive enzymes into the environment around them that breaks down the, uh, whatever it is, that, the environment that they're in, into nutrition for them. And that, of course, since they do not grow through photosynthesis, is why mushrooms can grow in shady places and even dark places, which is kind of cool. I'm still researching this. They have a... Hey, good morning. Boy, that is a scary looking something. I don't know what they're spraying along the trail this morning, but the dude's wearing a hazmat suit. <laughs> it's probably... Uh, we have a problem with these little beetles in town, so we chemically fry them, I guess. I don't know what I think about all this, especially the more that I find out about mycoremediation, that's using mushrooms to restore and replenish and help balance certain areas. I've actually been seeing oyster mushrooms on live trees and dead trees along the Boise River back in the fall and back in the spring. See, that's when mushrooms typically bloom. Anyway, they have chitin, C-H-I-T-I-N, in their uh, cell walls. And... Uh, mushrooms and that is similar to evidently the scales in butterfly wings I didn't even know that butterfly wings had scales 
So that was kind of interesting. So mushrooms have more in common with butterflies than they do with plants. And of course the way they digest nutrients is more like their cellular structure is like kind of an early version of a stomach and digestive system. So in the, the digestive world, they're more like animals than they are like plants, which I think is fascinating. And the mushroom is actually not the, the plant structure. It's actually the fruit of the mycelium, which is a plant-like structure. And that's that like white rhizome root-like mass that you see a lot of times on, uh, you see a rotten log and you see all the little white fibrous spider webby looking things. Hey. So when you see those on a, on a decaying tree, that's mycelium and that's actually the mushroom plant. Hey, on your left, brother. Ah, oh, the poor guy was having a problem. I don't know what was going on with him, but he was starting to stop it and... Anyway, we're around him. <clears throat> so when you see decaying matter and you see the white fibrous stuff there, that's... Most likely, it's the mycelium of some sort of mushroom. It's not called roots because they're not plants. They call them rhizomes. That's R-H-I-Z-O-M-E-S. And so that's actually like the plant-like part. We use plants as the analogy because that's the closest thing we understand. Hey, baby ducks, <laughs> baby geese. You know, the baby geese are awfully cute, but man, they are vile animals. <laughs> so anyway, knowing how mycelium works, knowing that it is not photosynthetic, but that it requires oxygen and digestion, that helps us understand how to grow them. The other thing that requires a lot of humidity near a water source which is what's so interesting in uh, Idaho, it's super dry. We're like 40% humidity. So you can generally only find mushrooms along the river or like hiding in tall grass, you know, when we've got a good dew point. Generally mushrooms bloom in the spring and in the fall. Notice that a lot of my buddies that are mushroom hunters are out trying to scrounge some spring morels over in Oregon in the forest. Oh man, I hope this means that uh, the local, they've got this uh, polenta mushroom dish and they uh, use local mushrooms. And man, I hope that means that they're gonna have some morels in it sometime soon. Dude, so good. So anyway, that's kind of the, the scientific end of that talk about mushrooms, just so that we can then kind of talk about growing mushrooms and the different ones, what each one particularly requires and how they work, how they grow, how 
what might encourage them to grow. Mushrooms are very different from plants, you know, like with plants, it's a pretty simple equation, but with mushrooms, like I've got these Stropharia Raguzo annulatas that are, should be blooming out, that I should have bloomed about two weeks ago. I haven't seen anything. The mycelium's still really healthy, but I haven't seen anything, and it's in the same spot that uh, we've had success with these guys before, so that's kind of interesting to me. Sorry, folks, you got a lot of a lot of peoples around trying to be cool. So that's kind of it about the scientific side of mushrooms. How they differ from plants, how they're similar to plants, how they differ from animals, how they're similar to animals, animals. <laughs> but how they really are in their own kingdom. Scientific taxonomies. I find it fascinating. So we're going to hit briefly on micro-remediation and how uh, Paul Stamets discovered that his Stropharia raguzo annulatas were basically acting as a, what he calls mycofiltration. There's a creek that runs through his, his farm there in Washington and into the ocean and he had like six or seven cows I think he was saying so the cows go to the bathroom the creek runs through the property uh oh noisy sorry the creek runs through the uh the cow field picks up all kinds of bacteria then it jump, jumps off the, uh, the edge of the earth there in Washington down into uh, oh one of the bays and uh, and down into one of his neighbors uh, oyster and clam farms so basically all these cattle bacteria were uh, killing off the dudes oyster farm and clam farm so uh, Stamets had had this idea <clears throat> threw a bunch of wood chips down in the uh, in the creek I think he said it was about 200 square feet so he put all this <clears throat> dumped all these wood chips from the uh, conservation uh, what's the conservation group how uh, they go around cutting trees on the highways and stuff. Anyway, dumped a bunch of the wood chips and then uh, threw a bunch of the stropharia spawn. Well, the mycelium took hold really quickly and, uh, you know, because it was wet, plenty of oxygen, and uh, they had plenty of the nutrition that they can break down. They love wood. Mo most, um, most primary saprophytic mushrooms are wood lovers. That is, they generally find nutrition on decaying wood. <clears throat> anyway, then the, the uh, stropharia's bloomed and they got huge. 
like we're talking stropharis can get big like five pound mushroom like one mushroom is five pounds like they get huge they look kind of like uh, portobello mushrooms they grow like a portobello stem and a big beautiful burgundy cap they're also called the wine mushroom uh wine cap so anyway within a couple of months that mycelium was taking the bacteria from the creek from the cow manure was feeding on that along with the wood chips breaking it all down into organic matter that was making the pastures more fertile and it cleaned up the bacteria so that the dude's farm was fine so like his oysters and clams got happy so i think that's where we get the phrase happy as a clam that is a clam that is downstream from some sort of myco filtration system <laughs> running mushrooms <laughs> Anyway, that's why he got, that's where he got the name of his book, um, Mycelium Running, is the idea of, you know, encouraging mycelium to grow is called uh, running mycelium. So he talks about this and other efforts that he's done as far as microremediation and microfiltration studies in uh, his book. Um, oh, for crying out loud. In the book that he wrote, with the subtitle, How Mushrooms Are Going to Save the World. Mycelium running. Good grief. I always thought it was mycelium running, but it's actually mycelium running. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for letting me uh, practice this talk with you today. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited to talk with the young people tomorrow and see kind of what they're interested in and see what kind of mushrooms they're wanting to grow, how they're wanting to use mushrooms, if they're doing no-till farming. If you're doing no-till farming... Um, getting some uh, mushroom spawn is a great great way uh, you want to make sure that you're using the right kind of mushrooms that are going to be symbiotic and not parasitic there are parasitic mushrooms and that's like when we say oh our lawn has a fungus that's a fungus you don't want but a lot of times the mushrooms in your yard means that you've got a healthy ecosystem um, I know that there's a lot of um, wood loving kinds of mushrooms growing around a, the stump of an old uh, walnut tree the, uh, a lot of the acid in the walnut tree has finally dissipated as it's dried out and the mushrooms are coming in to start breaking it down. Because that's basically what they do. They basically take dying things and break it down to be nutritive for the living things. That's why I love the mushrooms. That's why I got a stropharia tattooed on my arm. Hey folks, if you love riding a bicycle, get out on a bicycle. Maybe your bicycle is mushroom farming. That's a good bicycle to ride. Um, in any regards, I do hope that you have a good weekend. I hope that uh, you enjoy your ride this weekend. It's the only ride we get. Well, I mean, until a small ride again. Hopefully we, get, hopefully we get to ride again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the ride. It's the only one we got.